Welcome back to the Baby Mamas. This is episode number 17. This is our podcast about us trying to get pregnant. There's not much to say right now. No. <laughs> we're no. in a we're in sort of a hiatus month because as we said last week, we um missed our ovulation this month because we were waiting on seeing our doctor. And at first that was a real bummer because obviously you want to keep the momentum going when you're doing this, but it's kind of a relief honestly because this yeah. whole thing is so stressful and it's just like such an emotional roller coaster it's kind of nice to have a little breather before we kind of gear up for the next few months so yeah so i ovulated quite early uh this month so it was before our doctor's appointment and we weren't authorized to do anything before we saw the doctor so it was sort of like okay well we'll try again in december doing. yeah and there was one part, there was a little bit of me that thought, oh, w- what if this would have been our month and this is like the amazing egg and the but perfect never position? Know that. We couldn't know it. No. I but mean, it's so easy in this whole thing to get lost in the what ifs and hope, hope this would work and maybe this would happen and what if that happens and it's just, it could just make you even crazier. Yeah. So we've had a bit of a reprieve. That's pretty much it. So we don't really have much in terms of getting pregnant to talk about. No, you picked up your prescription for letrozole. Yes, that was exciting. Mm -hmm. And it gave you some sort of instructions about vaginal dryness. (laughs) It did. And I don't know if that's them trying to tell me something or what. It also said to help repair your vagina. And so I was like, what is this going to do to me? (laughs) Why is my vagina going to need to be repaired? It's also used to treat cancer, but breast cancer. So I don't don't know. Hmm. I thought maybe there was a connection there, but... Or maybe the guy at the pharmacy was just like, you look like you need a little something extra. You're looking a little dry. It's like, I heard your last episode. Your vagina's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you also had your pap, your yearly pap with our doctor. I found her to be really annoying. So our GP is this woman. Jackie's been going to see her for ages. I was trying to explain to her the the feelings that I was having during my last period where my uterus felt like it was seizing up and I told her that I was like it felt like it was seized like it was a huge muscle spasm and she goes so you were having cramps and I wanted to say no bitch I know when I'm having cramps I've had my period since I was 11 I said it was different Mm -hmm. fuck you Mm -hmm. and basically that just shut me down right then I was like she obviously doesn't want to hear it she already thinks she knows everything yeah, it's, and it's frustrating for me hearing it because I know that that's not normally her, the way she communicates. So I'm, I don't know what was going on with her. I'm a little disappointed that that's how she talked to you. But then I also know that you're not, you aren't great at being like clear in your communication. And it, it's hard when you're going to see a GP. I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but here in Vancouver, it's really hard to even get a GP. So the fact that 
I mean, she, they, my doctor only took Anjan when I told her she was going to be my wife. <laughs> she was like, okay, fine, I'll take her because she wasn't taking patients. But you just have such a limited amount of time. You have to be really direct and really clear and concise when you communicate. So you kind I of was put really on the direct. I was really clear and concise. No, I, I know. She said, I'm not saying, how's your period? Yeah. And I said, it was different this month. It felt like my uterus was seized, like I had this really big muscle cramp, and that was different. Mm-hmm. And then she said, so you're having cramps. And I was like, no, it was different than cramps, and it lasted a lot longer. And she just stared at me like yeah. I was an I idiot. wish I had been there because I feel like that's really just not my experience of her. And I'm not saying that you're lying. I'm just saying, like, she must have been really off that day or something because it's so unusual to me to hear that that's how she was talking to you. Because she's usually, I've always found her to be, like, really empathetic and she's very direct and like she's definitely like a no bullshit no like flowery language kind of person which i really appreciate but i think maybe that's not the best thing for you no i i like it when doctors are pretty direct but she just condescending she was condescending and she had already decided that she knew what was going on and that i was either looking for an extra issue and then i brought up the possibility of chemical pregnancy and she goes i don't think that anyone would have said you were pregnant yeah, that's not and what I, you were I was, asking. I wasn't saying I was pregnant. I had a miscarriage, but she was sort of, she just shut it down. She was like yeah. shutting down the possibility of me even going there and talking to her about it. Mm-hmm. Like she I didn't want to hear it and she thought I was being irrational or something. Yeah, well, it's hard because I mean, she is an OB, but that's different than being a fertility specialist, right? And to her, a chemical pregnancy means nothing. She doesn't, hasn't been on this whole like journey with us, but it was kind of like a bummer to hear that that's how you were how you're spoken to by our doctor because I want you to feel as comfortable with her as I do. She's always been a great healthcare practitioner. Well, for I'm me, not going to like stop going to her. It was just, just shitty. kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much. But she did say Ange was a little yeasty. Jackie, I thought we agreed <laughs> we're going to stop like demonizing my vagina. It's not demonizing it. There's nothing wrong with getting a yeast infection. It's normal. You wouldn't have known that if you listened to our last episode when <laughs> you and Caitlin were like, ew, my God, you got a yeast infection? Gross. No, we're just... We don't get them. Our vaginas are perfect. We were just teasing you. And, you know, some of us are blessed with perfectly <laughs> pH balanced vaginas. But, Hashtag you know. blessed vagina. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so and the end of all of that is that Angie's healthy and everything's fine. We're good. And we're raring up for the next month. Although today has been like a particularly PMS-filled day. This is probably one of the worst things about being in a relationship with a woman is PMS at the same time. Yeah, you people think it's all sunshine and rainbows until (laughs) you talk about your emotions (laughs) and you love each other and cuddle until you're both feeling super like sensitive and really angry and insecure all at the same time, and you're both just like rage crying at each other. Yeah, and everything Ugh. that the other person says makes you want to, like, kill them. Yeah. Yeah, it's really terrible. Yeah, t- it's been a really rough 24 hours. The thing with me and PMS is that I lose any control of my impulses, you know? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you'll say something and I'll want to reply a certain way and I'll be like, no, that's not a very good way of saying that. You Maybe you say it filter. this way. You have a filter on a normal day. Yeah, but when yeah. I have PMS, I don't. And then yeah. I have a really hard time not saying exactly what I want to say. And then that creates... Are you saying that you like have to censor yourself? I guess that's normal. I guess people generally do, right? Because yeah. sometimes your like, snap in- instinct for something would be like really harsh when it's like, okay, I'm just like 
in a bad mood and that's not that person's fault and i shouldn't jump down their throat because i'm in a pissy mood or it just wouldn't bother you that much yeah you know like yeah whatever it is that we're talking about moving the couch to the other room or whatever it is <laughs> would not be a big deal mm -hmm. if i didn't have pms but that conversation is just like well fine you're just never gonna listen to me no one's gonna listen to me we'll just fucking keep the couch in the living room and it's ah you know yeah it the thing that kind of set us off this morning was talking about the podcast <laughs> we we're trying to figure out how to figure like what our outline and what we we're going to talk about today was going to be and it just like descended into well fine you just make all the decisions because your podcast i won't say anything it's fine <laughs> a little yeah. ridiculous and then but we actually think we like recovered from it pretty quickly we like had a like huffy moment and then we're like let's not do this this isn't fun you know we don't we rarely get weekends off together so let's try and enjoy it and we just decided to hug and fall into our happy place with each other yeah and i said let's just try and be extra super nice to each other actually you said we needed to be saccharine towards each other i was like yeah okay <laughs> that kind of grosses me out but sure why don't we read some messages that we've been getting to make ourselves feel better miriam wrote on our wall and she said we had a great podcast. Really enjoy listening to you both. And then she went on to say, you girls get me through my boring night shifts. You're both very funny and clever. I wish nothing but the best for you both. You both definitely deserve it, which is a really nice thing to say. And yeah. we both totally understand the hellishness of night shifts. But yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. If I could listen to podcasts while I was at work, that would be amazing. But that would be really challenging. Probably the one of the biggest compliments that I've ever received is having someone call me clever and intelligent. No, I think she was talking about me though. Oh, I really mm -hmm. don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean, do. you're smart and all, but like, I think I'm the clever one. And then we also got a message from <laughs> Andrea, who said, "Hi, Angie and Jackie. I just wanted to say thank you for your podcast. Though I'm in a hetero relationship with sperm." We have also been struggling. Your podcast has been great at helping me laugh at the craziness of the whole situation and help me not feel so alone in the struggles. So thank you. Baby mama bumps to you, Andrea. Totally. We are total I know that we like shit on straight people sometimes. We're like, you just have sperm and we'll, you know, we don't have any. But obviously straight people have struggles too and have to go through a lot to get pregnant as well. So we don't mean think, to alienate anyone. I think it's important to remember that... Um, Yes, we have to buy sperm and that sucks because it's really expensive. But for a straight couple that's coming to fertility assistance, that means there's something wrong in most cases. So it's a little bit of a different thing, right? Like, um, actually, Andrea will probably appreciate this. We will be having a guest on the show soon. I think possibly as soon as next week. Just depends. We have to work out details. She is heterosexual and has been having fertility issues. What does she call it? She says she's reproductively, reproductively challenged. challenged um so we'll hear that side of uh or her perspective on this sort of struggle um and i think it's important that we remember that this is a feminine experience it's not necessarily just a queer experience and not to say that this doesn't affect men but it's a it's i think it's a different thing because it's removed from your body yeah um and i i, I know i've said this before but i think it's so intertwined with our identity as female and the way the world equates us with our biology that it's just a it's a completely different way of experiencing your female f side i guess um and i think it is something that that men just can't relate to in a certain way but of course 
men want to be parents and men have a have a hard time with this process as well yeah definitely for sure maybe one of these days we'll have a dude on here if we were friends with any dudes that want men want men (laughs) (laughs) we're friends with a lot of dudes that want men (laughs) (laughs) i meant that want babies because i don't think any of our male friends really want babies right now or they're married to our female friends and have babies yeah we also got a message from Lindsay, who uh, has been with her wife for 10 years, and they've tried several IUIs, and it's been really difficult for them, and she wrote a whole bunch of stuff. She actually said that one of her friends started talking to single pregnant women to see if they were keeping their babies to try and get her a baby. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that and being like, wow, that's so fucking weird. Yeah. And not helpful. No, awkward. Yeah. And could you imagine being like a single pregnant woman and have someone come up to you and be like, hey, so uh, that baby inside of you, are you going to keep that? Or because my friend really wants one. Are you like attached to it or are you just sort of like going through the motions? Yeah. <laughs> and then imagine if one of them was like, yeah, OK. <laughs> and then she had to deal with that. Be like, I found someone that wants to give you. Your and then you're like, um, thanks. But no thanks. I kind of want my own. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. Anyway, she said that uh, she feels like there's finally a podcast that knows what we're, what they're going through and uh she sends us best wishes and says that if we're ever in portland we should join them for cider <gasps> we should totally do that yes next time we're there really we're this is just like a cover we're just doing this podcast to find more people who we need love friends cider. <laughs> <laughs> today we actually this morning before our pms kicked in we were both laying in bed and like hanging out and it was nice and um Ange pulled up um queer mama's uh, a couple of her recent videos and it was her birth story and it was so lovely but it was also like it also kind of highlighted the f- the fact that I think it's really important because she was really 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 dead set on having a home birth not I, a no home sorry not a home birth vaginal. having a vaginal birth without drugs have it like doing it all natural and all that which is totally cool but because it didn't work out that way, she was like kind of devastated by that. And, and she really was traumatized by the whole experience. But uh, it was interesting to me that she didn't feel that way until after the baby was born. Because during, she said she felt really okay with her decisions. She felt really grounded. She knew that was the best thing for the baby um, and for her. And it was okay. But then she just didn't have the kind of experience she had hoped for. And I, I, it made me realize that I think it's super important. Like, it's great to have an idea of what you want to do. But I think because it's such an unpredictable process in some ways, that it's really important not to be completely attached to how it's going to happen. Because if it changes, then it's like... You're going to be de- you're gonna be yeah, really upset. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think she probably... Like, postpartum is rough. So I think she probably would have felt some manner of like blues baby blues as they call it which i find a little i don't know calling it baby blues sounds so like minimizing yeah like postpartum depression and for some women postpartum psychosis is like really serious in some cases yeah definitely it's just society's another way that society tries to make women like issues not a big deal yeah they do they kind of infantilize us like we're babies that need to be taken care of when it's like no we're the ones like making and birthing these babies yeah it was interesting to watch i posted that video on our facebook page if you want to look it up it's really nice to watch and to see them being so honest and to see her being so honest about the fact that after her baby after she ended up having to have a c-section they put the baby on her chest and she was just so out of it and anesthesia and she also had to she was having like massive anxiety and so she had to take 
they had to give her something for the anxiety once the baby was out so she just like wasn't connected to what was happening and she wasn't feeling anything yeah it seemed like it was really tough for them but in the end they have a really cute baby that oh she's adorable Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they sound so happy now. And I think it's also like reminds us like the focus should be on the baby. The outcome is the baby. Yeah. Is the, you know, becoming parents and having a baby. So it doesn't matter how you get there in the end. Exactly. And I totally was watching that and like projecting myself into her shoes and was like, oh, I want to feel like that so badly. I like want to be postpartum depressed. I want to <laughs> be like crying at everything and just I can't wait anymore. Ugh. But we will. We will wait. Part of our really fun weekend off together. And having a little bit of extra money. I wouldn't say extra. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're not spending $400 on IUI this month. So things are a little bit lighter. That's true. We're able to go to a movie. We saw the last, uh, what do you call it, segment or the last. We saw Mockingjay Part 2. Yes. We saw the last Hunger Games movie. And it was good. And I, I always have this sort of like weird... I don't know. I always think, and I've thought this for a long time. I actually remember first thinking about it when I was a kid, thinking, what if someone came into the theater and like shot me or shot the people around me? Because you're kind of trapped Mm -hmm. and I already have anxiety and blah, blah, blah. And I know it's like crazy, Mm -hmm. but I've had, I usually think that when I go and see movies and, um, Angie sort of goes through the, the world, like, picturing how <laughs> she's going to die, basically. I She'll do. be walking down the street and be like, what if that car just smashes into me? What if I just fell over and, like, smashed my head on the concrete and died? Like, that's normal for her. It is. But wait till something happens. I'm going to be like, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to know exactly where the exits are. I'm going to know exactly what to do. Because <laughs> you've been rehearsing Everyone else your is going to be forever. freaking out. And I'm going to yeah. be like, I got this. Anyway, so I was thinking, like, okay, so what if someone came in here and started, like, shooting up the place? I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to drop to the ground. people. <laughs> no, I will drop to the ground, grab the nearest dead body, pull it over mine, and play dead. That's my plan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, like, everyone's going to think I'm totally fucking insane. The point of the story is that I was like... Oh, what if that? And I was kind of like going through that in my head as I always do because that's my life. And then this girl behind us was like coughing (coughs) 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 for probably (coughs) 10 minutes. And I was like, (coughs) (coughs) it was like, bitch, please get out of here. Like, it's like she choked on her popcorn and just kept shoveling it down her gullet. Totally. And so then at that point, I was like, I hope someone comes in here and fucking shoots us. (laughs) because I'm going to kill her. That was like my PMS. I was like, oh, I don't even care anymore. Like, let them come in. Just like mow us all down. I want to die. I kept turning around and doing that like, I'm looking at you, bitch. I can see you. You know how annoying you are? (laughs) Where you just like stare as hard as you can as if it's going to like hurt them. Yeah. Fuck. It's funny because I didn't really notice it until you pointed it out at the very end and I looked back and she like had like her eyes were all watery like she was legitimately Like trying to hold them in. (laughs) (laughs) But she was still eating her popcorn. So I was like, what is she doing? Imagine she died. She just was like actually choking. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. And then she's like blue and hits the ground. (laughs) Yeah, but like why if you were choking, would you still be eating popcorn? That doesn't make any sense. That's not helpful. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Anyway. we survived. We survived the movie. It was great. Yeah. At the end of the movie... I was just like super sad. I don't know if anybody, I'm sure some of you have read the books. I have never read the book. So it was my first time learning what happens. And I was like, that's it? That's the end? It's so depressing. Don't spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Okay, well, I'll just say it was depressing and it didn't help that I was PMSing. And then we came home and I just like started thinking about everything in my life that was sad. And I, 
and I cried. <laughs> yeah. PMS is like the, oh, man. the theme of the week for sure. I was oh. crying about Syria this morning and how like people yes. are so mean to refugees. She woke me up and was like, I'm really sad about Syria. <laughs> I was like, okay, we can talk about that, I guess. I just don't like, I don't get why people are so being so mean to refugees. Like they didn't do any of this. Oh, just stay in like a war-torn country because a few of you might be terrorists. Like, so what? Okay, well then I'm willing to let the terrorists in if it means saving the lives or improving the lives of like 60,000 people. Mm -hmm. There's no use in living for the lowest common denominator. Yeah, but that's how the world is. I know, and that's why I was sad this morning. I know, honey. And I was thinking like, what can I do? And then I was fantasizing about You know what you can do? You can have a baby and raise it to be a socially conscious educated person that's what you can do okay from all the new like the media coverage and just the conversations i've overheard it really seems like people don't know what to do and it i think that scares people which is why they get to a point where they're like well let's just like ban all muslims which is you know stupid and xenophobic and like completely bigoted and not the answer no at all i don't know how to end that just (laughs) It just is. Hopefully it gets better. That's just life. I know Ange even this morning was like, Siri is so bad and the world is so terrible and nobody wants to help and why should we have babies? <laughs> and then I had to like turn it around and be like, this is why. Because we, the more people that there are in the world who are well-educated and like socially conscious, empathetic human beings, the better it is for everyone. So... Yes, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the dream. So since we have a lot, very little to talk about in the fertility side of our lives, we figured we'd do another little segment of getting to know the baby mamas. So I think last time we talked about this, we basically went over like how we met and the first little bit of our relationship. How embarrassing Jackie was. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. When we first moved in together, it was like really exciting. We, We were really, well, I especially was insistent on waiting a year to move in together. We waited a year and then our first apartment was like this apartment on like the 15th floor in the West End and it was just fucking tiny. <laughs> but when I think about that apartment, I think of we had a lot of good times there. We lived yeah. for there for like four years. We started a lot of great traditions there. Like we started, that was the place where we had our first home alone party. Mm-hmm. Which is So every Christmas, I like to invite everyone over to our place and we watch Home Alone and we make a drinking game out of it. You have to drink every time someone's hurt. Or anytime anyone says Kevin, you get obliterated by the end of it if you actually do it. It's, mm-hmm. actually, it's probably dangerous. I don't think we've ever actually done the whole movie because we just get so distracted and are like drunk and like whatever that we're like, ah, whatever. And like we forget. Yeah. But it's fun because it starts off as like everyone's doing it. And everyone's like, drink! Because Home Alone is Angie's favorite Christmas movie. Which, it is. It's so which good. Which will tell you so much about her childhood. I was but, constantly having to fight away burglars. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, it like is a big fun tradition that we still do. We had a lot yeah, of fun good there. Good times. Yeah, good times. Mm-hmm. And when we lived in that apartment is when we went on our first trip together, our first big trip, our first trip on an airplane together, which was I don't even know. It was fun <laughs> fact, Angie is really afraid of flying, just like she's afraid of everything else. Yeah, she's not just anxious in general, she's insanely anxious about flying. So and uh, we no, thought, no, I don't even think saying insanely anxious. You have a phobia. 
Every single time I fly, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe I'm going to Wait, die. Do you genuinely believe you're going to genuinely, die? genuinely, absolutely, positively? No, I think it's a full blown phobia. Like it's not just a little bit of anxiety. It's like a hundred percent. Yeah, it's not like those panic. people are like, oh, I don't oh. like flying either. It's like no, I am in terror. Yeah, none of you can even compare to Angie because no one's ever been as afraid of flying as she is. <laughs> yeah, bitches. But no, it was kind of like, I was so naive. I was like, oh yeah, whatever, you're f- afraid of flying, fine, fine, fine. We'd been together for a couple years, but our very first flight together was to Australia. Yeah. So that was an interesting choice on our part. Um, I'm like, okay, we just need to get her some Ativan. That's all we need, right? That's what people that are really mm-hmm. anxious need. You give them some Ativan, everything's fine. I like flying. But I was still kind of nervous because it's a really long flight. And then it's a huge fucking plane. Yeah. We get to the airport and I'm like, okay, we'll take your Ativan. And she was like, no, 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 no. I was like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? She's like getting all shifty eyed and like kind of like agitated. You could just tell she was like on edge. I was like, well, well the thing is, is that I was, I'm not a big, well, I guess back then. Now I love Ativan. Like, give it to me. Mm, Ativan. But back then, I was scared because I didn't ever really take drugs, prescription drugs. I never did drugs growing up as a teenager. And so taking this pill that I'd never taken before freaked me out. So on top of everything, I was like, what if now I'm already really freaked out and then I take this pill and it freaks me out more. Yeah. That's what I was worried about. Which is kind of a crazy thing to think because you're anxious and you think that the medication for the anxiety is going to make you more anxious. That's like... Well, because like, okay, when I was when I was a teenager, everyone's like, oh, smoking pot's the best, relax, you die. And it made me a fucking insane person. Okay, but that's not an unknown thing. People know that some people get really paranoid when they smoke pot. Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought it was going to do because everyone, yeah. I don't know. I thought that for me, Ativan would have the opposite reaction and I would freak out. Yeah. So I was I was trying to convince her to take the Ativan while we were waiting to board and she just wouldn't. She refused. And I was like, okay. So she was like really, really stressing. And I was like, I don't even know what to say. Like, uh, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. So we start boarding. It was the fucking oldest, ugliest plane I've ever seen. Yeah. And it did not look like it had been taken care of. Like, it just... I know that cosmetics of a plane are not necessarily indicative of how the, you know, engine and such has been taken care of. But it doesn't inspire confidence when you walk on the plane and things are duct taped together. Yeah. So like seat cushions and yeah. armrests and stuff like that. So because it's like, what else are they skimping on? Yeah. So that's the first impression of the plane. And I was like, oh, crap. And so we're walking down the aisle and I turn around. And I'm like going to get into our row and I turn around and she's way the fuck behind me. I'm like, oh, God, what's happening? And she looked like she was going to run off the plane. She finally I'm like motioning, like, come here, like, come here. And she was like, I she's was just frozen. Like, fucking terrified. She looked terrified. I was like, I don't even know what to do. Like, people are going to start potting up behind you like you need to move. So she finally comes to the row and she literally like i thought she was gonna run i thought she was gonna run off the plane so i was finally like, pacing like, back and forth yeah and like rocking because i was thinking that too i was like and i'm not staying on this plane yeah this is where i die yeah i don't want to die i'm just gonna stay in vancouver for the rest of my life so i finally like convinced her to sit down so we were in like the window and the middle seat and then the guy on the aisle was this like older chinese man and i'm sobbing at and and just like completely losing it like despondent sobbing crying hysterical basically yeah basically hysterical so he leaves he get a, gets up and walks away took our blanket with him <laughs> and pillows and pillows never saw him and again. never came back <laughs> we're like where did that 
guy go. So actually, that was a good thing. So if you can do that on all flights, just cry a lot. People will be like, fuck this. Get out of there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she's got the Ativan in her hand. And I'm like, take it, babe. Just take it. Just take the Ativan. And she's like, no, if I take it and we start crashing, I, I won't be. I'll, I'll be too out of it to save myself. <laughs> I was like, listen, like. Let's be real here. If we're crashing over the ocean, we're going to die. At least you should be relaxed while that happens. So she's like Which holding it. Which is not it. a helpful thing to say. No, I'm sure that wasn't helpful at all. But I was just like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you're being so unra- like irrational and like unreasonable. I don't know why. I did not realize until that point how bad it was. But she was holding the Ativan and like rubbing it on her lip back and forth <laughs> and being like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that picture of you in my head is so clear. You just looked completely insane. No wonder that dude like was like, I was, fuck this. I was trying to like gear myself up to take <laughs> it. it. So I was like, I've got to put it in my mouth, but I was scared. And I was like, if, and it also felt that if I took it, I was committing to staying on the plane. Yeah. For some reason, those two were joined in yeah, my Yeah, like mind. you were going to leave me and you were just going to stay home for six weeks while I was off on a trip by myself. Oh my God, I would have been so mad if you hadn't gotten on the plane. Anyway, so she finally does, but my, the plane starts taking off, and she and she still does this to this day. It's not quite as intense because now she's a, accustomed to taking the mm-hmm. Ativan, and now she give even, it to me. Now she's like, give me Ativan, couple glasses of wine, and I'm good to go. But this was like she pulled her hood all the way up, like basically over her face, and was like wrapped her entire body around my arm and was just sobbing. And like clutching onto me the entire time we took off and probably the like at least 10 minutes afterwards. And I was finally like, okay, like we're up in the air. It's okay. You're okay. We're okay. Everything's okay. And she finally like let go. And I, she just finally, I, you could tell the Ativan had kicked in. And the, the thing that I love the <laughs> most is that she's like, I do feel better, but I don't think it was the Ativan. I think I just calmed myself down. <laughs> I was like, yeah, totally, you crazy bitch. <laughs> it was so cute that she like had to convince herself that like, I'm in control. <laughs> I was like, you are not in control. Well, I You're think a crazy train wreck, <laughs> sopping mess. I think that Ativan is working when you're able to be like, if this is all me, I can do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing with Ativan. If you are having an ex- extreme anxiety reaction, it has something to work against. If you take it when you're not, you're just like, Mwah. and a couple hours after you took it, you just were like completely like turned into mush. Yeah. Like and then puddle. when we flew back from Vegas, the takeoff was really bumpy. Mm-hmm. And even though I had taken an Ativan, uh, that the bumpiness freaked me out mm-hmm. the turbulence it spiked my anxiety like extreme extreme yeah and i cried the entire flight yeah. what is that like three hours yeah and was just terrified and i think i ended up taking four out of van mm-hmm. during that flight yeah and like, it, my anxiety i swear it never came down and then you refused to let anybody you refused to let me drive home from bellingham and i was like you just took so much out of van like it is going to it's gonna catch up with you and you wouldn't listen so you drove home anyway and then like the second we got home you were like (laughs) like totally i drove to the border and then i was like i feel out of it because by then i started to calm down yeah yeah i took and then i was like let's go shopping at the dairy free i was like let's buy perfume for my mom let's get this and you're like babe I know. I was like, okay. And then we we're in the duty free, and she was like, I have to go. I'm so tired. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I slept for like 17 hours. <laughs> yeah. But Fuck. It, you know what? I have to even say that flight 
made me feel anxious. I think part of that was like just your nerves being fried from a whole weekend in Vegas because you don't sleep very much. You're drinking all the time. You're just like, it's like a super hangover. Um, But it, it surprised me even that I was feeling anxious on that flight because I have had really horrendous like i had a, a flight into toronto and it was really bad like like our la- our landing gear wasn't coming down so they had like fire trucks and huge like barricades set up at the air at the airport and it was it was terrifying like i fully thought like this plane's gonna crash and i'm gonna die and it's really horrible when you're like on a flight and you're looking around and the flight attendants look stressed out and they're chanting bend over stay down bend over stay down you're like fuck this is it i'm done so it, I was like, okay, well, I've I've gone through that. And then I was like freaking out on a flight with turbulence. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah, well, that would make me never get on a plane again. But the flight out of, like, the flight out of Vegas, I swear there must have been something wrong. I've never had a takeoff like that, that bumpy. Yeah. It was like, bah, 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 bah. and it was, yeah, it the was, takeoff felt like we were just going to fall out of the sky. It wasn't, yeah, like it, it wasn't like good. the engine wasn't like getting <clears> enough. <throat> I don't know speed what. Speed or, I don't know. Yeah, it was really freaky. And it reminded me of like every single mayday episode that i've watched which is uh this woman refuses to stop watching shit no. like this and i'm like no you can't watch mayday i have watched it i have stopped watching it now that's true but for Years. quite a period of time when i was doing night shifts it would be on tv and i would watch it every night at like three in the morning and that's a very bad tv show to watch because it's all about cr- plane crashes mm-hmm. um if you're afraid of flying so then i was able to visualize and know like what if this went wrong and what if this went wrong and in that episode this thing went wrong and yeah it was so then she was scene. like an expert she'd get on a plane and be like mm, that phalange's out of place we're definitely <laughs> going down it was totally like a phoebe moment am i this crazy yes i sound fucking insane you are <laughs> well, I, to be clear i still enjoy life <laughs> and i'm not like terrified all the time i'm i do things You've i have a, healthy a lot better your anxiety life. has improved a lot since we met you know another flight that we might have to go on i really want to go to ireland Speaking of Ireland, my niece, Hizzy J, came for a sleepover, and we were watching this movie that we picked out, and it was called Songs of the Sea, and it was just the most wonderful animated film I've ever seen. It was, it's an Irish movie, and it was about this family, and the <laughs> animation was gorgeous. The music was so good. It was nice to see an animated movie that wasn't just like Pixar or DreamWorks or Disney, because yeah, they all like have... Yeah, it wasn't, it was more like quiet and calm and like closer beautiful. to anime yeah like japanese anime yeah but it was like very it was kind of sad um but it was also just wonderful and magical and fantastical and it had these like fairies and selkies and like this whole underwater sort of world thing and and the little girl in the movie her name was Sirsha. and i was like what a cool name that's so pretty i love it so much so then we spoke to uh one of our friends who's Irish and he's like, oh, it's a beautiful name. It means freedom, blah, blah, blah. And then he wrote it out and I was like, what? No, I told you how it was spelled before that. Yeah, but I didn't really believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Not until Kevin told me. You thought I was just making up a weird spelling. So the way that you spell it, because it's an Irish name and it's it's in the Irish language, S-O-A-I-R-S-E, Saoirse. Yeah, I was like, if we named our daughter that, people would be calling her Saoirse. yeah like (laughs) nobody's ever gonna pronounce it correctly i was like damn it what do you do it's really cool though but i can't like like, i cannot get that name out of my head i like the way that it looks written yeah and i do like the way it sounds but you're right no one would ever know how to say it i don't want our i mean i don't want our daughter to have to like explain her name constantly but it's just such a pretty name searsha i've never heard it before i've never like 
heard a, a, a name that like that that a I don't know that I just like connect to and f- and feel good about and I don't know if it's got anything to do with the movie but if you can find it watch it it's it's wonderful it's just wonderful it's one of those movies you can watch with a kid and not want to kill yourself because it's not like the worst so another Irish name that I happened upon when I was looking up Saoirse um, that I really like is you pronounce it Ashling. how's it spelled <laughs> X-Y-R-A-O-I-N-E-J-K-R. No, A-I-S-L-I-N-G. And it means dream or vision. Oh, God, Irish is so pretty. Yeah, but it's, yeah, pronounced Ashling. Aisling. Hmm. Ashling. No, I know, but I'm saying like... Oh, you could go Aisling. with Aisling. I don't mind Aisling. All right, so apparently we're on to Irish names right now. <laughs> well, I'm Irish, so it would it's be true. fitting because we don't I have lost my Irish, Irish identity yeah. Yeah. when I took Jackie's last name. You didn't lose... You don't stop being Irish because your name isn't Irish anymore. You kind of do because... No, you don't. Okay. You so don't. Well, no one knows that I have any Irish heritage now when they meet me. I just get asked if I get to speak French all the time. Anyway, I'm just saying that because I don't have that and people... I don't have... That like we're allowed to use Irish names because you're Irish. We're allowed to use Irish names because I'm Irish, absolutely. But I'm yeah. saying we could use an Irish first name. Your French last name represents both of us. Mm-hmm. 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 Something to think about. I know we normally end just sort of abruptly, but I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for listening. We don't really thank you enough. It's really awesome being able to do this and knowing that you're out there listening. and You make us feel less crazy. Yes. And clearly we need that. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for writing into us and sharing and just everything is awesome. So this podcast has brought so many wonderful things into our lives. Mm-hmm. And like we're connecting with people that I don't know if we otherwise would and like reconnecting with people. Heading into December, we're going to start back up with our IUIs and we'll keep you just as updated as we have been recording everything and letting you guys in on all the nitty gritty stuff. So look forward to that. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Let's just not do the podcast at all. (laughs) The Baby Mama's Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mama's Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.